0: How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro, and you're tuning into Tongues Out Podcast, and let's just jump right into it. So yesterday, I talked a little bit about uh, stress. Don't worry. This one's going to be all positive news here, Um, and in that, I was talking about how I wanted to talk about why I dropped out of college. I do want to talk about that. I think I'm going to push that off until tomorrow. And uh today what we're actually going to talk about is one of my favorite hobbies, something I got into funny enough during the financial crisis of 2008. We're going to talk about investing and preparing for a future. So um for I love YouTube. If you if you know anything about me, I literally spend about 60% of my day just watching YouTube content. It's normally if you could look at my pie chart of things I watch on YouTube, about seventy percent of it is like educational. So it's historical, financial, um, current, uh, current political news. Just a lot of just like gaining, learning things. I'm just learning stuff all the time. The other thirty percent is just useless stuff. I mean, you can't you can't bore yourself out of your mind with just information all the time. You have to keep yourself entertained. So. I try to keep it though. A majority of the people I subscribe to on YouTube to informational. The rest are just for humor. <laughs> um, and if you use YouTube, or if you've never used YouTube, you gotta use it. Honestly, I've taught myself a million things for free because of YouTube. And but I'm assuming if you're listening to this, about ninety percent of you are probably already using it or have used it. One of the cool features about YouTube is as you're you're using it more, uh, they have algorithms there. So they have a technology that allows them to track your interest. So the more you use it, the more they're able to gauge, uh, they're able to recommend other YouTube channels to you. And um, recently, I think today, actually there was a YouTube channel that was recommended to me called two cents. So, uh, T-W-O, and then Sense, C-E-N-T-S. It's a husband and wife. It's a a YouTube channel, and I love PBS News Station because uh, PBS, their entity, uh, they're like a publicly funded organization uh, through tax dollars and donations and things of that nature. So there's real no bias there, but they have this cool program where they will actually finance YouTube channels that uh, help with education, so science, anything that's, like, helps people learn, and so this is a husband and wife, and they talk about just uh, financial stuff, like financial education, but they do it in a very cute way where they, um, you can already tell they're just, like, a cute couple, but on top of that, they're uh, they have, like, illustrations to dictate kind of, like, what they're talking about, and they do things in a very easy to understand if you were uh, like a, a a child like if you were a 10 year old kid you would easily be able to understand what they're talking about kind of way so it's very engaging and I love content like that some of my favorite YouTube channels are they have a mixture what engages me the most is like when it's a mixture of like dad jokes with uh, illustrations and a lot of information they make it in such a way that it's very engaging it gets you hooked onto it and so another good YouTube channel, if no one's watching, it's more—it's like a science. They talk about a lot of different subjects. It's a Kurzgesagt. Don't ask me to spell it. Uh, it's K-U-R, G. It's German. Gesagt. Another Z in there. I don't know. Once you get, once you start typing it that much, it should populate what it is. Anyways, a phenomenal channel developed by uh, German people. Super adorable, their animations. It's all animated, but it's just a lot of great information. But anyways, Two Cents, uh, I just got hooked immediately. I was I literally watched their entire playlist. I, I think they came out recently, about two years ago. And it, it really motivated me to talk about something that uh, I got excited about last month uh, because I finally got approved for it. So during the financial crisis of 2008, um and for the longest time period if you wanted to become an investor you had to um go through or you always had to go through a brokerage and the top brokerages were like e trade charles schwab fidelity, uh, fidelity um and scott trade were like the top 4 but the reason why a lot of people never got into f- trading um stock was a it's already seems daunting if you don't know anything about finance b Uh, to trade stock you have to at the time you had to pay commission so whether you wanted to buy a stock or whether you wanted to sell your stock you always had to pay a fee and so i had a scott uh, scott trade account uh for the longest time i still i think i still have mine um but i kind of transferred all my assets from there to um charles schwab and robin hood in the last like three years but they uh Scott Trade I, I used a lot because they were really low. As long as I wasn't um, doing a lot of like option trading or or penny stock trading, it was really cheap. It was a flat five dollar fee whether you bought or whether you sold, and it was revolutionary because he trade uh, traded on like a percentage. Um, anyways, I'm not gonna get into the details. I feel like I'm already like elaborating on like things, and you're like, what is this guy talking about? either way, the financial crisis happened, stock market tanked. Everyone knows that that happened. Um, I was 18 and at the time I didn't, uh, I was going to college, but I dropped out and I had a lot of money that I got via grants and my student loans that I had. And, um, and I I was working too. So I had like, you know, a, a good amount of money saved up and, my buddy John was wanting to get into investing, and uh, I was like, yeah, man, I'm totally uh, my roommate. That was, like, the, the, one of the few things that we related on before I got out of my shell of being an introvert. But one of the things that, like, we both gravitated towards was, like, investing. He had already invested and bought, like, three houses at the time, and he was, at his age, he was already, you know, super informed about, you know, diversifying his, his wealth but he didn't know anything about stocks and he had asked me if I knew anything. And I was like, not really, but I mean, I, I love learning things. And so we both got into learning about trading stock and it was just the perfect time for us to get into it because everything was trading at such lows banks. I mean, any industry was just trading super low. And so I opened an account and I just started buying stocks of businesses that I knew about, um, banks technology a lot of stuff that was just super cheap i held on to it for quite a bit and it was so it got me so excited because like every single day from after lehman brothers filed bankruptcy it was like bad news bad news for like a good two or three weeks and then it's the market slowly was recovering i mean we're talking about fractional recovering but in such a way that, I mean, I was just seeing green on my account because I bought everything when it was super low. And after a couple years, I had almost two and a half times my initial investment, and I was hooked from that point forward. I was like, man, I love stocks. I want to research it. I want to learn a lot about it. And throughout the ways, or throughout the time, um, I bumped into a lot of people, and I was picking people's brains that were financial traders, because I grew up in a, um, like a self-employed family, entrepreneurs that they do really well. But for whatever reason, my, uh, my family stays away from trading stocks, a hundred percent. And I can understand why for a lot of people, when you look at trading stocks, again, it, it seems super risky, but if you looked at the Uh, dow jones which is a measurement of how the stock market is performing in general so not the economy you can't relate the economy to the stock market that's a that's a a problem a lot of people tend to look at and including some of our politicians they like to say that because the stock market is doing so good the economy is doing good and you can't correlate the two together honestly because it's not the stock market's very emotional driven especially right now like the economy is really bad, but for some reason, the stock market is breaking records every single day, which just doesn't make sense because businesses are reporting losses, but there's a lot of emotional investment, and a lot of people have a lot of free time and a lot more money available that they're instead of like putting it into like starting a business, they're just going ahead and putting it into the stock market. And so, there's a lot of theories as to why the market's doing so well, but. Actually, the Two Cents YouTube channel actually uh, did a video on that, actually talking about why some of the theories as to why the market's doing so well compared to how the overall economy is doing. But, um, yeah, I just got hooked on, on investing. But every single time I would talk to friends about it, it would, again, I could just see the look on their face like, I don't know anything about investing. I don't even know, like, how much money I need to start with. And so... You know, I was doing my thing. I always love talking about trading stocks with people that uh, got into it. And then about like five years ago, four years ago, I saw this company on um, like my app store called Robinhood. And they were a a stock brokerage company. But what they were trying to promote was you could buy and sell stock commission-free. No matter how many stocks you bought, you wouldn't have to pay a dime. And I was like, huh, how does that work? How did they even make money? And so I found out that they made money based off of the fact that when you deposited money into the app, any money that wasn't invested into stocks, they were collecting the interest on the cash that you weren't keeping in the in the market. And so that that money essentially enough to kind of fund their traders to trade the stock and also they didn't trade immediately it was kind of delayed so you really couldn't use it like as a day trading platform but it was perfect for if you wanted to buy stock and just hold on to it it was great so i started to use like use it a little bit and it, it made up about like 20 percent of like my portfolio and I I was just like, man, if they, if they can really blow up, I can see a lot of people getting hooked on it. And I remember talking to friends about it and they were like, Hey, can you like show me how to trade stocks? I'm totally down. Like if it's free to do and there's no minimum deposit requirement. And I was like, yeah, for sure, man. Like, uh, you know, I could give you some insight on some stocks to trade and some safe bets for sure right now. And, um, so I got some friends opening accounts and I was like, man, this is really cool. Like a lot of people now are getting comfortable investing because of this app. And like, uh, so I, I use Robinhood a lot now. It's great. They've grown so much. N- you can pretty much do everything with them. I have a, a debit card with them for free. Like I can use their, my debit card to withdraw money from almost a million different ATMs, which is great. So if I'm ever in a pinch and I can't make it to my bank. I could just take money out of my Robin hood bank account and it generates a, a very minimal uh, interest rate for a checking account, but it's a lot better than some other checking accounts. It's like, I think 0.3% of the money that's left in there you make as interest versus like bank of America. I think charges like a 0.05 or, or 0.1. It's nothing unless you have a million dollars in there, but it, you know, it's, it's better than other banks. And like I said, There's no fees, and you can withdraw your money from pretty much everywhere, like any Walgreens, CVS, some other banks, depending on the ATMs. They have a million you can use the app to see. I feel like I'm promoting Robinhood, but I am because I'm going to get to the point. So the point is that about a few months ago, I saw that they were going to start offering the opportunity to do fractional trading on the app, and this is a big deal. If you don't know what fractional trading is, this is going to be the thing that gets anyone that was hesitant to start getting into the stock market to get into it. So I signed up for a, um, like a list, a waiting list to get the feature approved for my app. And I got it approved like a month ago and I've just been hooked on fractional trading. So essentially what it is, is, uh, we'll use an example. Uh, I think, Amazon stock right now, if you wanted to buy one share of Amazon stocks, so just one share it, I think it's like $2,400. You would have to spend $2,400 to own just one share of Amazon. That was the way it was for a long time. You would just have to cough up the money for it or look at maybe trading, uh, exchange traded fund that kind of bought like couples all st- companies that are related to Amazon into like one fund and then you just trade that fund, which tends to be a smarter move anyways than investing into an individual stock. But um, very recently uh, now you could do fractional trading. So instead of having $2,400, let's say you have $20 and you want to buy Amazon stock because uh, you know, Amazon's performance is doing great. You think in a year, they're going to be up 10, 15%. I mean, if you look at their history, they're averaging, I think, in the last five years, they're averaging about like a 7, 8% growth rate, maybe even more, actually. I'd have to look at it. Um, But, I mean, like, you can't make 8% in your checking account. I just talked about how if you left money in a, in a checking account, you're making 0.1%. Like Robinhood's is 0.3%. That's not... Accounting for inflation, and if you don't know what inflation is, literally every time you leave money in a checking account, you're losing money because every year that dollar that you have for every dollar you have in a bank account, it's two percent. It's worth two percent less. That's why sometimes when you he- like you see people talk about like, oh, accounting for inflation, this is equivalent to like seven million dollars today. Like when they talk about like what a hundred dollars was nineteen in the nineteen hundreds, a hundred dollars bought seven million dollars worth of stuff is what they're trying to say so that's what inflation is and that is ongoing and generally inflation recently in the last 10 years has been around like 3.5 percent the federal reserve tries to keep it at two percent but it's been pretty high because a lot of money's been like pumped into the to the markets and the more money that exists out there the, the higher inflation tends to be So if you left your money in the bank account, that means your dollar today, next year, would be worth only 97 cents. And so if you think of it that way, you could see how in 10 years your dollar is worth literally nothing. Um, And so the way to offset that is that you invest your money into financial tools like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, things that generate above inflation so that your money either maintains its value or uh, it actually gains more in value. And so, yeah, so like let's say, and this is why it's so exciting, is because anyone at any point can get into this. If you have just a dollar in savings, you start with a dollar. If you have $20 in savings, great. If you have just $100, great. It doesn't matter how much money you have. This is great because instead of leaving it into an account where you're probably going to spend it on something useless, anyways, you can now take your money, put it into Robinhood or or Charles Schwab. I think even offers fractional trading now. And let's say you want to buy Amazon stock. Now you can buy twenty dollars worth of Amazon stock. And what that twenty dollars is, they the reason why it's called fractional trading is because the twenty dollars. Let's say let's just make it easy. Let's say Amazon stock was um, worth two hundred dollars. It's not, but let's say it is. Your $20 will now buy 10% or 0.1% of Amazon stock. So now you, instead of owning one full share of Amazon, now you own 0.1. Does that matter? Not really, unless you want to talk about like voting, but unless you're owning like a million shares of a company, your vote really doesn't matter at that point anyways. So, but now your money will move up and down based off of how the performance of that stock is. So let's say Amazon the next day reports a 10% gain. Instead of you gaining, you know, $20 on $200 because that, remember Amazon let's say hypothetically was worth $200 for one stock. Now you gain just $2 because you make 10% on your $20 that you put into the market. So you see the way the market's performing on that specific stock or whatever you're training for fractional trading, you follow the same gains and losses as well. So essentially you can just put whatever money in there and start trading whatever stock you want. And you can just start riding this wave. And this is such a big deal because for a lot of people that just maybe can save $50 here, $25 there, like, instead of putting it into it, you can't, that's not enough to buy a CD or something else that generates interest to offset inflation, but that is enough to get into fractional trading. And so this is huge. Everyone, if you don't already have a Robin hood account, it's, it's free to download uh, on the app store. I can give you a referral code. I don't even know what my referral code is, but if you reach out to me, um, like via my email, uh, I'll send you like a referral code, and we each one of the cool things about Robinhood, they it's like a gimmick, but it's kind of cool. Every time you refer a friend and they sign up for a free account, uh, Robinhood will give the person that signed up and you, uh, the person that referred them, a free stock out of from a choice of like a hundred, like it's a random stock that they pick. But I mean, a free stock, whatever it is, it's a free stock, which is great. Um, they do it up to like a maximum. I think it's like five hundred dollars a year. Um, but I mean, just to refer a friend and then tell him about this, it's totally worth it, but yeah, it's, it, this is so huge guys. Like there's a lot of, like you I go through difficult times and like, I've gone through like difficult times where like, I, I try as much as possible not to touch my investments because a, it's hard to anyways, it takes about a week to, to cash, like you have to cash out. And then that takes a clearing period of like three business days. And then you have to then transfer that money to your bank account, which takes another like three business days. So you you have like a week to take, withdraw your money out of the stock. So you really have to leave it in there uh, or wait a week to get your money out. So I try not to use it, but I've been in in positions where I had to cash out, not cash out, but cash out a good part of my, of my investments because of just in my life, you Know in the last whole oh my god, how long 15 years now? <laughs> in the last like 15 years, I've had to like get out of the market or um, how to just take care of personal things. But you know, as much as you can leave your money in the market, it's always going to gain. If you look at the history of the Dow Jones, it's always making money, it's never at a loss. You just Google it, Google an image of the Dow Jones and since inception the line is always trending up. It's never flat. It's never trending down. Like if you look at like 10 year time periods, you can see fluctuations. But if you try, if you always play the long game, your money's always going to go up and it's always going to go up way more of a percentage than what inflation is. So you're always going to be making money. And if you start investing now, let's say you're, if you're my age, you know, it's, you're not going to be making much by the time it's a retirement period you know, you would have to invest, like, let's say you want to have a million dollars in there at, like, and you're 30 years old right now, you would probably have to put away a considerable amount, about six grand a year. But either way, making more than what you have just when you leave your money in in a checking account. Oh, and I forgot. And Anyways, if you sell, actually, if you sell your stock in Robinhood, you can apply for a bank account with them and essentially you can use their debit card. I I don't do this. I never do it because I have like other bank accounts, but uh, essentially you can uh, use the, uh, the cash from when you sell your stock and then use that like as your checking account technically. So you don't even need a separate bank account. I totally forgot about that. You only need another bank account to transfer money to it because there's no like ATMs you could deposit money into, or there's no, Robinhood branch. So it's one of those online bank accounts like capital one has one where they charge no fees, but that's because there's no bank. So essentially you have to have a a way to transfer money from one bank to Robinhood to uh, keep money in there. But if you have questions about fractional training, I would love to talk about this. I mean, I could talk about it forever, but it is a big deal guys. Like investing should be something that a lot of you guys are doing right now especially to those that were unemployed and are getting unemployment right now. Because if you are, if you were making less than four grand a month, you're making making more than that right now. If you're gaining unemployment, well, no, that's like if you're in Nevada. Let's say if you're making less than $2,400 because the CARES Act gives you $600 a week and it's given it to you for like four months. You can take that extra money if you were making less than twenty four hundred a week, or if you didn't even need that money in the first place. You should be taking all of that money right now, uh, because you're going to get taxed on it anyways. Because you have to report it as income, you might as well put that in the market, and because um, that changes your how your taxes are done as well. And taxes t- tend to always <laughs> oh, because you know politicians love to just you know, write laws for rich people. Depending on how you invest your money in like a uh in in different financial tools, you can essentially minimize your uh your tech, your tax obligation at the end of the year. But yeah, so take this money if you if you have it right now, if you're gaining unemployment, you should and even if you're not gaining unemployment, if you have money just sitting in a bank that you never touch, let's say there's a thousand dollars just sitting in a bank account, um, that you know you don't need uh, you're completely fine. I mean, you should be setting up an emergency fund anyways. They say that you should have three months of your uh, of your monthly expenses, like rent and everything, saved up. But, I mean, most people don't. I guess statistically, like 75% of America has less than $500 in their bank account. Um but that's great. You know, even if you have less than 500, you can put that into fractional trading and try to make more money than just leaving it into your checking account. Uh, and then if something bad does happen, you can at least get your money out within a week. So y- most things that are emergencies, if you don't have a credit, ca- credit card, I would not recommend this. But let's say you do have a credit card, charge it temporarily and then pay it off with, you know, once you cash out, if you really, really need that money, you could do it that way. But there's absolutely no excuse for about 99% of you why you shouldn't get into fractional trading because if you look at the stock market right now, it keeps going up. If you traded, um, if you traded five years ago, you would be up almost double your money right now if you would have just gotten into the market five years ago. If you get into it now and it dips a little bit, it doesn't matter. It's gonna unless you're gonna die tomorrow. The money, if you let it sit for five years, it's gonna make it's gonna go up eventually, and so. Um, if you guys have any questions, I'm going to link my email in my description for this podcast. Oh, other, uh, big announcements actually as well. I am now on Google podcasts and on Apple podcasts as well. If you guys, um, i like my direct links to each one of them aren't as easy as just like, like Apple podcasts slash tongues out. But if you go to my anchor, um, like my anchor profile, which is anchor, it's the platform I use to like broadcast my podcast to like different other, like other platforms that have podcasts. If you go to anchor.fm forward slash tongues out podcast, that's like my, like my main profile website where all my podcasts I upload them to. And then on there, you can actually link from there directly to any of the platforms that you use for your podcast. So if it's Apple, Google, Spotify. You can find them all there now, which is awesome. So I'm going to start linking that on like my social media and just whatever you use. Now you can use that to listen to this podcast, which I think is awesome. I've been trying to work really hard for that and, um, been like with customer service and trying to really work for that. And, and it finally got through yesterday. They pushed me through Google and, and Apple, which is sick. Um, (laughs) sick. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to, so that's big news, which is awesome. So now you guys will be able to hear me pretty much everywhere. Guys, get into investing. If you have any questions, I, I'm going to link my email. But my email, if you t- can't read the description, is going to be Jason, so J-A-S-O-N, at Tongues So just write out the entirety of this podcast. So tonguesoutpodcast.com. If you have any questions, please reach out to me. If you want to help like get set up on a Robinhood account, I could definitely help you out with that as well. But this is huge, guys. And fractional trading is is slowly rolling out, so you're not probably going to have it initially, but they're claiming that within the next three months, m- a majority of the people on there are going to ha- be able to do it. So you can sign up for a waiting list after you, you sign up for a Robinhood account, and then hopefully by then, you know, you wait about a month, you'll be able to start trading, you know, on the, on the market. And uh, it's not as scary as a lot of people make it sound. It's not at all. Warren Buffett even said, you don't need to look at the financials of a business. He actually recommends to a majority of people that if you want to invest into a stock, invest into things that you understand and that you know about. So if there's a product, a service or a company that you follow a lot, you know, if they're a publicly traded company, that means that they have a stock that's available to trade on a market. Just start with them, honestly, because if it's someone that you're following, a lot of other people are probably following them as well. And you just need to just invest $10 here, $10 there, and then just start making money on their growth and their performance. And it gets you more excited. That's what got me into it initially was I was, uh, I didn't know that quote from Buffett until later on, but I actually only traded stocks that I knew about, like my bank of America account. I traded bank of America, like some other banks as well. Um, Like some computer companies because I knew about them and um, I was doing great with it. And then uh, that's kind of still how I trade now. It's just that when I look at a business and how like I think a product's going to do, I also look at the fundamentals of the business and how like they're, Numbers are trading in the last so many quarters, but you don't even need to do that. Honestly, (laughs) just putting your market money in the market, as long as it's not like a penny stock or a risky stock, the money's going to go up eventually. It just is. So the safest bet, just invest into big companies, let it sit, don't watch it. The worst thing you could do as a, as a investor is to watch your money every single day. You are going to stress yourself out doing that. And the reason why is because that money is going to be moving up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's you're going to see weeks where it's just going down, 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 down. And then you're going to like, you're going to put your emotion into selling it. Don't do that. Just leave it in there. Let it sit. But I promise you, whatever you put in now, five years from now, it's going to be worth a lot more. Again, unless you're investing into something super risky. But this podcast has probably gone on way too long. Um but yeah, I, I again, I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast. Uh, it always makes me so happy to see people that are tuning into it every single day now. And um, I promise tomorrow, I'm going to talk about why I dropped out of college and what the effects that that had on me. And I might make that my first. I'm gonna. I'm not sure yet. This is not a promise, but I'm going to try to see how long I can make that podcast go for. I might try to aim for an hour because it's, I mean, where I am now, it's because of that one decision I made. And honestly, if I told you guys the opportunities I had and what I gave up when I dropped out, you guys are going to be like, you idiot. And I, I mean, reflecting, yeah, on one side of me, I could have been like, yeah, that was the stupidest thing I, I ever could have done. But on the other side, though, I probably would never be the person I am or be where I'm at if I didn't make that decision. So I am super excited about talking about that tomorrow. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I cannot wait to talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye.